It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Ford Sakes. Ford, welcome to the show. Welcome to Become Your Own Superhero. Thank you. I think this is a perfect topic. Uh, I wrote a book years ago called Superpower, so I love superheroes. Let's go. <laughs> well, I must say, when I was doing some research on you, Ford, I, I was looking up, uh, and you've written three books, from what I can tell. Uh, and yeah, Superpower, How to Act, Think, and Perform with Less Effort and Better Results. Certainly. I, I, uh, it, it's, well, I was unable to download it in Australia through Amazon. It's only, it's stuck on amazon.com. Like they, it's like, you can't have it. So I wanted even more. So how do I get this book? Well, you know, it's good. It's through Amazon. So that was actually published through Wiley. So, you know, like a lot of authors that go through a publishing company, the, it's the publisher and and like a lot of authors they get frustrated with the publisher it's like really but i'll i have several copies so i will go ahead and send one to you uh for the listeners you can get it on amazon i don't know what the problem was with amazon but but certainly i i'll get you a copy well i, I don't want to accuse amazon of being xenophobic but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah really um and i want to take things back a little bit for because in doing my research for you I was like, there's not a lot on the public domain about sort of the genesis of how you got into this this career, this wonderful speaking career. You're a, hall of, a recent inductee in the Hall of Fame of Speaking, which for people that don't know anything about speaking is a, is a damn big deal. You're part of the Million Dollar Roundtable, one of the, the founders, uh, which are speakers that make a million bucks or more a year from actually speaking, which I know blows a lot of people's mind as well. But you grew up in slightly different circumstances to your your average nuclear family. Are you happy to share some of those details with us? Sure, sure. You know, you know, whenever you do a podcast or an interview or a news show, you know, they always want to know. And even a, even a, a meeting planner, if they're interested in hiring a keynote speaker, you know, you can't drink from an empty well. You know, you have to have some type of substance. So they always ask, "How'd you get started? What did you do?" Well, you know, I grew up as an orphan, kind of ran around in the streets was a bad kid. And at 15 years old, found myself in a jail cell, six foot by eight foot, thinking to myself, you know, maybe I haven't made the best life choices. And uh, while I was there, one of the guards gave me a cassette program by Earl Nightingale. And for those of you millennials that don't know what a cassette is, you'll just Google that later. But it was an audio recording by Earl Nightingale, and it was called The Strangest Secret. And I listened to that. And for the first time in my life, Laban, people, I heard things that I'd never heard. I'd always been told you're going to die before you're 25. Uh, you're a loser. You can't do it. And then all of a sudden on this, this audio program, I was hearing inspiration. I was hearing positive. I was hearing critical thinking. And that changed my life. Uh, shortly after that, I started my first company. Fast forward to today. 
I've had 17 different businesses. Three have been seven-figure businesses. I've never went bankrupt, but I've had lots of problems and lots of things that didn't work. Uh, so I, I learned along the way what works, what doesn't. And then that led to the consulting and the speaking. So the short answer is lifelong entrepreneur. You uh, probably have a PhD from the School of Hard Knocks, like most successful entrepreneurs. You know, I was a, I was a C student. I, had, uh, I was on the work program in high school, so I only went to school for an hour a day. But I self-educated. See, I just don't believe there's 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 no excuse anymore, especially in today's day and age when you you're connected to the internet and you can literally Google any topic in the world and get an answer. There's no excuse. So um, I live my life that way. And if I don't know something, I'm willing to find and I make a lot of mistakes. Back to you. Well, the school thing's really interesting because uh, I looked up where you went to high school and Louis Park High School which is the same school as the famous Cohen brothers, the directors. And I, yes. I checked out the notable alumni and I was absolutely mortified to see that you weren't on the bloody list, Ford. That's an outrage. No. Well, I went, I went to, uh, they probably should. So, so I graduated. I did graduate from high school. It was not a GAD. But um, in ninth grade, uh, since I was living on my own, they had a program where if you were on the work program, you would go to school for one hour and then you would fill out, your boss would fill out your report card. But what no one understood is I created my first business at age 15, became my own boss. So I got straight A's because I filled out my own evaluation every quarter. <laughs> um, and by the end of the first year, I was making more money than my teachers. So back in 1976, my first year in business, I made $35,000 in sales, which in today's equivalence is over 200000 so imagine a kid from the projects makes doesn't you know is living off you know nothing, and all of a sudden the first year in business generating two hundred thousand dollars in in sales, which was way more than the teachers most make today, right? And this is back in nineteen seventy six. So you know I I did graduate, but uh, how I get shown in the school, they probably don't know what's going on because I never even told them. <laughs> Well, mate, I'm sure they'll find out at some point in the future, given your extraordinary career. And, and uh, one of the things that I find so interesting, Ford, is that through my own journey, which I've been very public about on this on this podcast, is the as a you know I didn't experience what you experienced, but I was a child of divorce, and in learning about what set my addictive behaviours up—the drinking, the gambling, the drugs, the philandering, that type of stuff. It all related to a dysfunctional upbringing or, you know, trauma, for lack of a better word. Sure. And and it's quite remarkable that you've, at such a young age, been able to identify this problem and then do something about it. But I'm curious to know, did any of that negatively impact you post-15 or do you think you've been pretty well on top of it since then? Oh, no. You know, it's been a challenge my whole life. I mean, anybody who tells you different is 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 full of BS. And BS, for those of you in this G-rated program, we're talking about belief system. So sure, I still have abandonment issues and leadership issues, communication issues. I have, I'm, you know, I'm human. Anybody who tells you they don't, they haven't, they're not really, they're not really being real. Okay. Um, you know, those overnight successes don't come overnight. That's, you know, I'm 59 years old. I've been doing this self-employed since I was 15. So, so, you know, it, it's, 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 I live my life with, there's no excuses, you know? Yeah. There's reasons. Okay. You, you know, like you, you've heard from a lot of people who are successful. It's not what happens to you. It's what you do about it that happens to you. So I believe in being a critical thinker uh, means I believe in questioning my beliefs and if you have a belief that isn't serving you, get a new belief. 
Um, deal with your, you know, you know, no matter what your tr- level of trauma is, you know, you're listening or watching this. Look, people had it way worse than me. I never missed a meal. Sure, I was homeless and lived in a in a Goodwill dumpster for a couple months in my car for a while. But you know, I never missed a meal. Okay, you know, I I, I wasn't in in Africa, you know, starving to death or anything. You know, I, I was able to to live. But everybody's trauma is different. Some people, you know, something that you and I might think is no big deal traumatizes them for their whole life. So everybody's different. So it's not about comparing to anybody else's trauma or better or worse, but along the way, you you know, you come to crossroads in your life and you either decide I'm going to go right and I'm going to choose the high road and I'm going to I'm going to learn from this experience or you become a victim. You become negative, cynical, blaming and and looking for the world to take care of you as opposed to taking personal accountability for your own results. So whether you work for a company, whether you own your own company, whether you're a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, or maybe you're a top executive at a, at a Fortune 500 or Fortune 100 company, you know, you only have control over what you do. And, you know, my message to people would be just look, work where you are with what you've got, take responsibility for your own success. If you messed up, own it and then move on. How many books do you reckon you've read in your life? Read? Oh, um, hundreds. Um, you know, now let's let's define reading for just a minute. Okay, so I've got a lot of books. There's books sitting right behind me on my shelf. You know, have I read every single book cover to cover? No. Sometimes I read three pages in a month. Sometimes I look at it. It depends on what topic or what area I'm looking for. But what I do believe in is having a success library. So for example, all of your listeners, if you're watching this on whatever replay system this is, whether whatever medium it is, bookmark it, share it, flag it, you know, because, and then also take notes, you know, don't just listen passively. If something comes up that sparks your mind, write it down because, you know, I think it was Ben Franklin or someone who said, you know, go get a 10 cent pencil and go write down some million dollar ideas. You know, every, I believe everybody has a genius idea every day, every day, all of us, but most people don't act on it. And then what happens is they see the idea six months, eight months, six years down the road. And they say, you know, I thought of that. Well, no, you thought of it, but you didn't take action. So I believe we're all tuned in to getting ideas, but it depends on what channel we're on as to whether or not you actually do it. So books, the the, the lesson I would say, Laban, here is, do you have a success library? Is Is it printed books, Kindle books, Audible books, you know, video courses, membership websites, whatever it is. You should be always looking at what skill sets are necessary to reach the goals that I have, and then where can I go for help? And you can only learn from you know your own experience or other people's experience. And we all know it's easier to learn from other people's experience. So you having me on as a guest, hopefully I can share some insights and at least you know spark a, be a catalyst for people to think differently. The, the challenging part is if you've got negative people in your life, it doesn't matter what books you read you know, they're going to contaminate your thinking. You're not going to be able to see the opportunities. That's a really good point. And it was just it was funny you bring that up because that was something I was going to ask you about, Ford. The the negative Nellies in my life, I've become very ruthless. And, I, and I'll happily use that word as well with, with exiting people from my life that don't serve me well. And that, that doesn't go down too well. And it includes some family members. And I'm just curious to know how ruthless you might have been in your own life with negative Nellies. Okay, so you know you mentioned in the in the introduction that you know you've gone through your own journey, whether it was drugs or you know codependence or substance abuse, whatever. You know, 
I don't judge anybody, anything like I don't, you know, I don't throw stones in the glass house. Okay. Everybody's got skeletons, whether they want to admit it or not, that's a whole different story. Um, but I am really conscious to not allow negative people into my life, but I'm okay for people who have challenges. Like I'm not an elitist. I'm not saying, Oh, you've had a problem. You're not in my life. But if you are, if, you know, and we all know those people that you're around for 10 minutes and they just make your stomach turn. And no matter what you do, or no matter how you try to help them, you know, you lead a horse to water, but they can't drink. And they're always, vic- those are the times where you have to say, you know what, it's time to free them up for new opportunities. And that includes your spouse, your wife, your kids, your family. Now I know this is harsh for some of you like, Oh, you know, I listen to this podcast. Look, we're providing this to you for informational and educational purposes only. So don't blame us for anything we say. You're responsible <laughs> for your own actions and inactions. Just to have a little disclaimer in there, because neither one of us want to be, you know, on CNN or Fox <laughs> News or MSNBC or whatever. Bring you know, it on. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want something taken out of context. So, so just know. But my point is, if you've got negative people around you, you know, you got to ask yourself. You know, and I don't care if you love that person. You can love them. But that doesn't mean you need to allow them to infect you. It's spot on, Ford. And and, and I think here's the, here's the thing that I think about in terms of being firm with that, because a lot of people won't make that bold decision because they're worried about hurting people's feelings. But I really feel that if someone is being exited out of a lot of people's lives and, and people are setting clear boundaries for themselves and they go, hmm, you know, maybe I need to look at my own behavior because there's something going on here. Like I've got no one in my life. I've got no long-term friendships. I've got none of this continuity with anything. Maybe it's me. And then it forces people to take a look at themselves and then grow and develop. Whereas if they're being mollycoddled and pandered to, then they've got no reason to really grow. It's so true. You know, I'll, I'll give an example of this. You know, I grew a sporting goods company up to 120 employees seven figures. And I, I was thinking I was all that in a bag of chips. And my first year that I made a million dollars in revenue, I went to my uh, controller and I was all excited. I said, I made a million dollars. And my controller said, hold on there, Skippy. Um, you, you, you sold a million dollars. You're $150,000 in debt and you took home $15,000. I'm like, no, no, no. I made a million dollars. I said, no, you know, it's what you, it's what it's done after expenses and everything else. And so, you know, there was a, there was some life lessons there. And I remember when I I started to really grow the company up and, and we were successful. We were selling to Walmart and mass merchants. We were exporting, we were doing all these things, but I kept on having turnover. And so as a CEO, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a problem solver. I like to hire and delegate let somebody else handle, hire your weaknesses. That's my line. Like hire, you know, don't try to be good at everything. Hire what you're not good at and let them do that. You know, folks, stay in your lane type thing. So I, I was looking for someone to do some team building because I was like, these dang millennials, all they want to do is be on their phone all day. And I was kind of complaining and, 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 and moaning about this. And uh, so I, I called this team, one of my colleagues, who's uh, someone you're going to interview next week, we just talked about, and, and uh, Mark Sanborn, actually, who you're going to have. And I said, Mark, you know, you're a leadership expert. You know, would you help me? And he said, he said, well, yeah, you know, let, let's talk. And this is before he became a client. This is, you know, 20 is long time, 20 years ago. It's been a long time. So we didn't know each other like we know each other today. Today, Mark and I and Patricia Fripp are in the Speakers Roundtable together. It's an elite group of 20 people. You guys can Google Speakers Roundtable. You'll see what that is. But back to Mark. So I'm looking for team building. He says, okay, let me assess your team. So he talks to each of my team members and he calls me back up. He says, Ford, Ford, Ford. 
you've had a lot of turnover in your company. I said, yeah. And he said, let me ask you a question. Who's always been at the scene of the crime? What's the one common denominator in all of that turnover? And of course, I got defensive. What are you talking about? It's not me. It's my team. I I hired good people. I pay them good. They need to do their dang job. And he said, look, you don't need team building. You need leadership skills. You know, you're, you're a little abrasive. You are a little demanding, you know, and I am. I mean, I because I can solve a problem. I just assume, hey, I hired you. You solve the problem. And so what I learned was I had to change my leadership style. There was a book that I got called uh, Healthy Work, uh, a Vitamin C or Healthy Workplace Vitamin C. It was by Joe Sheridan. He's He's since retired, but it was a little bitty book, about 80 pages. And in that book, um, there's a story. And, and I actually met the guy. He was in a mastermind. But I wanted to do you have time for this real quick story. Yeah, sure. This all is right, great. So here's what happened. So first of all, I now know that that teamwork isn't what I needed. I needed leadership. But I didn't know what to do. And I was still confused. And I still didn't believe it. And I was in a mastermind group at the time and, and, and we were going around the room and I'm helping this guy solve his sales funnel. I'm helping this guy solve his brand identity. I'm helping this one, you know, create a new product. And then it became my turn. And I said, you know, I just struggle with these employees and it's just, and I'm kind of moaning. And he said, Hey, let me tell you a story. He said, did you ever teach your son how to ride a bike? And I said, well, yeah. He said, what did you do? He said, did you run behind him, hold the seat, walk behind him, put a helmet on him and coat? You know, I said, yeah, of course you did. You know, and when he fell down, what'd you do? Did you encourage him? Did you pick him back up? And I said, yeah, of course. And he said, well, you know what you do to your son or to your employees? I said, what? He said, you put them on a really big hill. You blindfold them. You put them on a fast bicycle with no brakes. And then you kick the back of the bike. And as they're falling down the hill, you're running after them, talking to them about how bad they're doing. And when they get to the bottom, you pick them up and you bitch slap them. And he said, <laughs> he said, how do you expect to have team members when you're not creating a culture of collaboration, communication, and team building? Now, this was, you know, years and years ago. So, you know, I would say this to all of you out there. If you own a business and you're having employee turnover issues, look in the mirror. Maybe it's you or maybe it's your manager, or maybe it's your key, you know, key communication style or whatever. And so even though leadership was something I needed to learn, I didn't understand it. And so people won't fix a problem until they believe that that's the fix, right? They'll argue for the limitations. They'll tell you it's somebody. And, and that's what I was doing. Oh, it's my team. They like Facebook. No, no, no. I had to solve the leadership and the accountability and the communication. I had to do a better job hiring and onboarding. I mean, there was a lot of pieces to it that we could go off a tangent. But the lesson really is only quality people, lead by example, take responsibility, be a critical thinker. And most importantly, I'm going to repeat it. If you've really got a belief that isn't serving you and you're listening to this through the last year that we've had, whether you're watching this now or in the replay in the future, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be turmoil. Take responsibility for your own results and, you know, you can either be a victim or a victor. And, and I just choose to not live in victimhood. Do I end up there? Yeah. But, you know, I want to <laughs> focus on not being a victim. It's so brilliant. And I, it, the thing that I love about what I'm learning, hanging around people like you, Ford, is the, and, you know, all the books. And, and uh, you know, I said this to Bob Berg when we were chatting uh, yesterday, like I try and make a point of reading the person's book or books if I can, you know, on the guest, it's a really great way to get a, you know, a good feel of the person. And, and 
the you know the things that you're all talking about are reiterated time and time again in these self development books. It's all about you know you become like the people you spend the most time around. You really do, yeah. Um, you know, you, it's not what happened to you, but it is your responsibility, which is a really great one. And then all, what happens is you, your knowledge base gets so strong with a lot of this positive reinforcement that when you are hiring people, and I, I, my, my business is starting out, right? I'm at the, the early start of my career, but I've got a couple of interns, unpaid interns, which I cherish and I'm treating and practicing these skills. You know, I captain a young uh, team of men for a cricket club that I've been doing for a decade now. And the age ranges are sometimes from 14 to like, you know, whatever. Uh, and and it's, you know, and you're talking about, I don't even think they're millennials. I think they're the one after that, whatever that is. The, yeah, the there's millennials, Gen Y, Gen X, Gen Z, traditionalists, boomers. Don't get caught up in labels. But the point is you're dealing with a diverse audience. Yeah, and and uh, and it's really important that I uh, lead by example, um, but I love to empower, particularly with the cricket club. I love to delegate a lot of responsibility and give them the, the opportunity. And most times they're better than me at it. You know, once you give them the guidance and, and everything you're talking about, like riding that bike down the hill. Yeah, just with some it's, it is true. And, and I would just say this, you know, nothing's going to be perfect. It, it'd be nice if it was. And there's, you know, no one can really foresee the future. You can create your own f- future. But, you know, you don't know what tomorrow hangs. And, and again, uh, you, you know, you had Les Brown as a guest on your show um, early on. And, you know, Les is a close friend of mine. I managed his business for three years. And, you know, we're really close. And, and you know, Les used to say, you know, only quality people. That's where I OQP. He would say that. Uh, start where you are with what you've got. That came from Les. Uh, and then work with what you have and really just take responsibility, which, of course, anybody in personal growth talks about. And if you listen to the people that talk about personal growth, and I don't care anywhere from Tony Robbins to whoever, whoever, you know, whatever your person is that you like, it doesn't matter. We're not here picking a one. We're just messengers. I mean, we're not saying that I'm not taking credit for personal growth and development. I'm just sharing what has worked for me. I'm not just sharing. I'm not giving you a book report though. I'm not telling you, oh, I read this in a book, so you should do it. I've lived it. Like the things that I'm sharing are the things that have helped me. And I know that can help other people, but they've got to be ready for the help. So obviously, if they're a subscriber to to your show, they're already open or they wouldn't be a subscriber to your show. So congratulations, all of you. You're taking the first step. You're at least being a critical thinker and you're taking ideas. I don't want people to just believe everything. I want them to, to listen and ask them and challenge it and say, yeah, that makes sense. But the challenge I would say is there's a lot of people who will hear something like what we're talking about today and they'll say, well, that won't work. And they'll give you all the reasons why, but they've never tried it. And so my co- would caution you is that if, if that's the first thing that gets to your mind, if, if everything we talk about, you have a cynical thought, then you are self-sabotaging your own success. I don't care if you agree with me or not. I don't know who you are. I'm, you know, whether you're watching a video or audio or what you're listening to on your medium here, I would just tell you that it's, it's just a shame if you're not able to take in someone's opinion, even an opposing opinion, and at least try to see it from their viewpoint. So we have a thing in my office. I have a very open policy and communication. But once I've made the decision, then that's the direction we're going. But if you want to challenge it, you absolutely can come to me, challenge, not me, but challenge the idea. And today, here's why I think. And, and I'll tell you, Laban, 90% of the time, if someone does that, they've got a better idea and I'm all open to it. So I'm opinionated 
until I get new information that allows me to change that opinion. And that's that has served me well. It has served the people, the, the hundreds of thousands of people that I've spoken to in my live presentations, on stage, on screen, and on demand, and, and all of my um, ability to do podcasts and training and speaking and coaching and consulting and products and video courses and you know membership websites, whatever the medium has been, my job is to, is to help make something better. It's brilliant, Ford. It really is. There's a, a question I have, and, I, and, I'm, and there's a reason I'm asking this. The security guard or the prison guard that gave you the book, The Strangest Secret, did you ever get an opportunity later in life to go back and thank him? I wouldn't even recognize him. What happened was I was uh, 15 years old. I got arrested for grand theft auto. I didn't, it was one of the things I didn't actually do. I mean, there were plenty of things I could have been arrested for, um, you know, I, I, on this recording, hypothetically, because um, we're not going to, I don't know what the statute of limitations is. So I have to be very careful. When I, um, but there was, but that was something I didn't actually do. So what had happened was I lived in the projects and one of our neighbors in the projects stole a mini bike, you know, a little motorcycle mini bike. And because I lived on the first floor, you know, they have that little cement pad outside a sliding glass door in, in the projects. They parked it on my porch pad. So when the police found the, the mini bike, they arrested me. And I'm like, check it. It doesn't have my fingerprints. I didn't even know. It. And I knew who had stolen it, but it wasn't me. So when I was in jail, I was, you know, I, they, I got arrested on a Friday and they didn't have juvenile detention open. So I was in the jail with the adults. And I'm 15 years old. So yeah, I might've been scared, a little bit scared. I mean, I was a pretty tough kid, but you know, that's, that's an eye opener. And so I think the judge or the um, guard probably felt a little bit compassionate. And so he handed me a Sony Walkman, an audio program, not a book, but an audio program, a Sony Walkman cassette player with headphones. And he said, Hey kid, um, I want you to listen to this tonight. And I listened to it probably 10 times. And, and then of course on Monday, they had no evidence and they let me go. So I don't have a criminal record or anything for those corporations that want to hire me. I'm, I'm totally hireable. <laughs> um, but, but that was what changed my life. So when I got out of there, you know, I kept that cassette program. He gave it to me and, and that's where I, I listened to it over and over and over and over because every time I got negative, I needed to create my own support. Now I didn't know what a success library was or, you know, I, no, I just knew that that sounded a lot better than everything else I was told. And then from there, I, I started attracting positive people into my life, whether it was a, a foster parent or um, a, a counselor or social worker who reinforced the positive. And then, of course, when I started my own business, um, I got emancipated at age 16. So I became a legal adult at age 16. Um, and then from there, I knew I couldn't do anything with crime because I'd be tried as an adult. So my crime life ended, you know, at that, at that, at that period of time. But even back then, I mean, everybody works hard to stay in alignment with their identity. And at that point, my identity was, I'm not going to live till 25. So who cares? Now, of course, that's not a very healthy identity, but um, as we bo both know, people in our lives and in our communities, there are a lot of people that don't have healthy identities and, you know, you can hook them up to a lie detector test and they'll swear up and down that this is the way the, you know, this is the model of the world. Uh, but not, that doesn't mean that it is. It's so interesting having a death wish at 25. And, and uh, <laughs> I don't know that I ever, I always, you know, the funny thing is, Fordo, and I've mentioned this a few times, I felt, 
I've known deep within my soul from a very young age that I I am destined for great things. And I know that sounds a little bit arrogant. And it's not that I'm I am going to do great things. Like I'm already doing great things in my own opinion. And I've had some nice feedback from some well-established people that are, you know, very successful and I'm on the right path from what I can tell. And I'm, you know, deeply flawed human being like everyone else and far from perfect, but I really feel like I'm on the right path for this. And, and that's the thing that I would encourage people to think about. Like it's never too late to start this. And, you know, thank God that you're able to figure this stuff out when you were young uh, and it set you up for this really extraordinary life and and this wonderful gift that you now have of being able to share this information. And I'm, and I'm curious to know, are you working with any organizations that folk that are like the foster homes or the adoption agencies or any of that type of stuff just to, to get in so, contact with so more I kids? Do, I, ha- I have spoken at prisons and I've spoken at boys organizations and, and nonprofits that had, that want to hear a message of, you know, hope and inspiration for youth and troubled youth. Um, my main business market is business, but as a as a journey, certainly. Um, and I am always open to those organizations, especially now at being able to do virtual. So if you you know reach out to me direct through my website, um, they're on the screen. If you're watching, other in the in the moniker on the screen, they can be in the show notes or whatever. But also Ford at PrimeConcepts.com. That's my email. You can Google my name and find it. So it's not like it's that hard. Um, I'm one of the top digital marketers, so it's easy to find me online. Um, but I do do that. And, and I want to I go back to something you just said is, you know, listen to the vocabulary. So, you know, own your brilliance. So what I would say, Laban, is, you know, because you, you, even in the last thing you said, there were two voices going off. There was the confident, I know I'm destined for greatness. But then your self-talk kicked in and said, God, maybe that sounds arrogant or maybe that sounds. So you, you attached an, a safety net. And what I would say is own your brilliance. Not everybody's going to agree with you. Believe me, not everybody agrees with me, uh, but own it. You know, if you really feel that you're destined for greatness, believe it. You don't have to make it softer because you're worried about, you know, challenging other people. I mean, the biggest thing you know, about others is when you talk to other people about your dreams, what you want to do, you know, most people don't want you to be successful. So secretively, now maybe unconsciously, I'm not, I'm not talking about any one person, but most people, they're envious because if you're taking action, they're not. I mean, I remember sitting in an audience with Les Brown and we were watching a speaker that was going on before him. We were both on the program. I was speaking and he was speaking, but we were in the audience waiting for our turn to talk later that afternoon. And um, the speaker up there was really doing a bad job. Like it was, you know, we, we've all seen speakers that maybe they have great content, but they don't know how to deliver it any way that's going to attract any attention. And so I leaned over to him and I said, man, Les, this guy's bad. I think I actually said sucks, but I want to be you know, careful what I say on the podcast. That's all right. And, you can um, swear on here if you need to, yeah, Ford. Yeah. No, so, right. so he said, he said, he said, Ford, look, don't judge him. He represents, this is the line I'll never forget. He said, that per, if you so here's the lesson if you see someone doing something that you think you could do better so maybe you watch a podcast or you see a TV show or someone owns a business whatever it is if you see somebody else and you're sitting on the sidelines going you know I could do better than that I would just say this to you that person represents the thoughts and the feelings that you have failed to act upon you want a podcast? Go get a podcast. You're going to be better. Go be a keynote speaker. Go be a keynote speaker. Like there's, there's so much opportunity. And again, just so everybody knows everything I'm saying today, 
I'm saying to the audience, but I'm also saying it to my inner child, that 12-year-old kid from the projects that carried a nine millimeter that was scared of abandonment issues. That kid is still here. Like that's that kid's there. And believe me, he can come out when he wants to, but I try to, you know, be nice to my inner child and kind of keep him, you know, over here. Uh, but that kid is still there. And so the lesson I've kind of jumped, jumped around a little bit, but I would say this, watch yourself talk. Not everybody's going to agree with you, but if you see somebody doing something that you think you could do, just remember, they just represent the feelings. Like, so if I go on YouTube and I see someone has millions of views, but their videos aren't that great. Hey, they're doing the videos. They're creating it. They're doing it. They're putting themselves out there. They're taking the chance. So, you know, maybe what you need to do is focus more. And I'm not saying you, Laban, I'm talking about our listeners. You know, maybe it's time to just look at if that's something you want to do, do it. Do you have a dream board? Do you have a goals list? Do you have affirmations? Are you participating? Are you subscribed to positive podcasts? Now, now I, I want to say this too, because I'm talking so fast. I don't believe in just drinking the Kool-Aid without critical thinking. I don't want you to, okay, you know, you told me to do this, so I'm going to run blind. You know, we've all heard the saying, you know, you can run east looking for a sunset, but you're motivated, but you're going the wrong dang way, right? Go the other way. So, you know, I just would say to you, own your brilliance. You're doing great. You, the guests you've had, the things you're doing. Yeah, you may be at a, at a different chapter in your life, but a smart guy told me years ago, when I, I was afraid to talk about my past, like where I grew up and what I did. And because I was like, well, corporate, corporate, corporate companies won't hire me if they think I had a troubled past. And it's actually the opposite. You know, what they really, what, what they want, what people really want is they want a solution to their problems first. They don't really care about you or me. They really want the solution. Yeah. The only reason they want to know more about you or me is because they want to know, are you drinking from an empty well or do you have substance? Do you have do you have experience? Do you have social proof and credibility? Do you have anything to back it up? And that's why it's easy for you. You got in contact with me because I have a big digital footprint. I have plenty of social proof. I have lots of five-star Google reviews. You know, you've got other colleagues that would refer you. So if you're in business, you've got to build your digital footprint. So if someone says, hey, I want to be a guest and I get invited three, four times a day, but three or four of them aren't worth it. And then there's some that I'm not a big enough celebrity for their show. You know, there's, there's, you know, so you never really know. I, mean, I want, I want to be very transparent there. Yeah. I've done a lot of things, but that doesn't mean you need to know who I am unless you're in franchising or in the circles that I spend time in. Well, uh, thank you for picking me up on that. Cause my, my self-talk is something that I've put a huge amount of work into. And I, and you know, I, I'm really proud of the fact that I'm, that I'm doing what I'm doing and turning my life around, you know, uh, I I love this and I, it feels very natural to me and, and the feedback that I've had from people like yourself has been great, extraordinary, you know, and I'm very blessed. So I will own that and because my mission in life, Ford, is to become the, the world's most influential speaker. That's my screensaver on my Mac. When the, when the screen comes on, it comes around the screen and I see that every day and that's what I want to do because I want to be able to create the most amount of impact and so that's why I'm surrounding myself with people like you and all these other extraordinary speakers and health people and, you know, athletes, that type of thing as well. Life that's part- I'm gonna say, I want to say one thing on that point. Don't, don't lose your train of thought, hopefully. But that's why you should do this because you're going to learn from all these guests. Some guests are going to be great. Sorry, there's some background noise right now. I'd mute myself. Um, some, some guests are going to be great. And you're going to learn a lot. And if you're going to learn from the bad ones too, you know, okay, that guest, it's probably not what I want to do. You're going to learn what you want to do, what you don't want to do. But I'm going to share something that's really important. 
So on your screensaver, you know, you want to become the biggest, most influential speaker. And here's the lesson for you for, for as if I'm just talking to you as a, as a consulting client. Here's what I would tell you. Think big, but you also need to think small. Thinking small is just as important as thinking big. Now, let me explain this. You can think big and you can have the dream board and you can Photoshop your face on top of the planet, on the moon, whatever. You can think big, but if you don't think small, you'll never start because the, the dream is so big, so overwhelming that you won't start. So if there's something that you've, and I'm talking now collectively to the group, the audience here, if there's something you've wanted to do, something you've you've thought, a dream you had, a product you wanted to do, uh, uh, somebody you wanted to meet, or someone you wanted to get away from, whatever it is, think big, but then take baby steps. So my question to you would be, what are you doing? Well, let's all compliment Laban for taking action, calling guests and saying, hey, I'm going to do this show. Here's my show. It's how to become your own superhero. And I'm going to lead this show. And you create it out of nothing. You got the system set up. You got the headphones. You got the microphone. You got your Zoom account. You got your background. You bought a microphone. You know, and, you, and you did, I think I said Mike twice, but you, you did, you took action. So think big, but I also want you to think small and more importantly, take action. Now, I don't have my cell phone in here because we're on a, a, an interview here. But my screensaver on my cell phone actually says, think big, think small, take action. My license plate on my car is think big. It's, th- it's T-H-N-K-B-G. So it says think big. So, so I believe in thinking big, but I also know that there are a lot of things I didn't do because in my early years, it was just think big. Because, you know, you go to the motivational things and think big. And then I'd, I'd look at my goals at the end of the year and I'm like, God, I never started that book and I never got that done. And it wasn't until I looked at the other issue and I was like, oh, I'm not even taking small steps. So if you want to lose weight, do one thing today. Do one push-up. Do one sit-up. Walk around. Stand up. Do do one. Take a baby step. Don't just say, oh, well, I can't get to the gym. It's raining out. And I can't get an hour in. Get 10 minutes in. Now, who am I talking to, everybody? I'm talking to this guy. Okay, so I'm not just He's talking pointing to, you. to himself for the listeners. Yeah, yeah I'm point, for the listeners, I'm pointing to me. So, you know, so I think about that. And when I'm done with this, I have a stand up desk, but I don't want to move it right now with my camera and everything. But when I'm done with this, I'm going to go for a walk. You know, I'm going to go for a bike ride when I get home. I have an indoor trainer and outdoor trainer. So think big, think small, take action. It's brilliant. And, and, uh, just so you know, the second sign that I've got, which is handwritten on my wall in my bedroom, says "Start now, optimize later," and that that's become a real favorite of mine as well. And uh, I'm getting better. Start now, at ex- start now, and optimize later. I have I have one that says "Start simple and get complicated later," so it's very similar. I like that as well. Yeah, start start simple, get complicated and make it later. Complicated later. And yeah. then the other one I have is "Done is more profitable than perfect." Ooh. So, 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 you know, if you're one, you know, yeah, the podcast might not be perfect in at someone else's, but done's better than perfect. If you wait for it to be perfect, you're never going to get started. Now, I don't know where I heard that for the listeners out there. Don't send in nasty gram comments <laughs> to anybody. I don't know where I heard it, but somewhere along the line, you know, it came into my brain and it stuck, right? It just kind of made sense. Well, thankfully we haven't had really any hate mail on the show so far. If you're sure not it'll... doing this good, okay. If you don't have haters, <laughs> then you're not growing. Hey, there's a there's a guy I think I don't know if you've interviewed him, but his name is Jay Bear. Not I don't yet. know if you know Jay. 
uh, J-A-Y-B-A-E-R, I think is how it is. Very famous guy. Uh, he's also in Speaker's Roundtable. He's brilliant. Um, I don't know if he'd get on your show, but I, he probably would, especially if you talk about Fripp and because we're in a mastermind together. But Jay has written uh, 12 books or something. I don't know the actual number, but I love his books. He's a solid guy. And one of his books is called Hug Your Haters. And one of the things that he says that I learned from him was if you don't have haters, you're not doing, you know, you're not putting, you're not putting yourself out there enough. So, so as soon as you start getting your first hate mail, celebrate it. As soon as someone <laughs> disagrees and, and complains and says, you know, celebrate it, you know? So, so now that's from him. That's from Jay hug your haters. It's a book on Amazon. I think I might have it behind me somewhere. Don't know. Don't have it. But anyway, that's the, that came from him. Hug your haters. And, you know, cause he said, look, if you're not, if you're not getting people that, that, that vehemently disagree with you, or complain. He said, now most of them are disagreeing because you sparked a chord. Like if I do a presentation about kid from the projects makes millions, there's always that one guy who comes up who's cynical. There's always that one person. And of course I can get a standing ovation. I get a thousand accolades. That one guy's going to come up and he's going to say, you know, well, I can't believe you made it. Or, you know, is what you said true? And I'm like, what do you mean? Is what I said you Google, like, yeah, I've got Google my name. I've got patents. I can, you can look up everything. It's, it's all out there on the internet. Um, but, but the point is you remember that one negative thing, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. remember. So when you get your hate mail, just remember what I said, smile, celebrate it. And just remember you have to push the envelope. And what I tell my clients, cause I work with a lot of people on their personal brand and their identity and their digital footprint is, is if you stay in the middle of the road and you try to appeal to everybody, you're going to get run over. So pick a lane. Now, obviously, I want you to pick something that serves you and serves others. So I have a little criteria, you know, do something that's positive for you and positive for others. If it's just positive for you, like, like if, if we went out and got drunk, we might have fun, but it's really not good for us. And it's probably not good for other people. What are we doing today? We're having a great conversation about life and, and, and history and, and actions and ideas. And we're creating value together. And so what we're doing is good for us because I'm learning from you, you're learning from me. And then we're also sharing things for others. So it's good for you and good for others. And that's, that's, you can't live there the whole time. So there, you know, again, going back to BS, right? Belief system. Don't you, don't tell me you're going to live there the whole time, but <laughs> your majority of the time you need to be thinking through that lens. Well, I, I don't know what else I need to do. I'm, I'm someone who doesn't eat plants at all. I had the former grand dragon for the Ku Klux Klan on the podcast I had uh, uh, Deanna Lorraine, who's now uh, like a television host on InfoWars. <laughs> so I'm not sure what else I need to do, but I'll just keep forging and maybe become more and more polarizing, uh, which I know is really important, particularly for things like TED Talks and stuff. But the thing I, I, I haven't lost my train of thought, Ford, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about next was life partners and the importance of selecting a good one. And I understand you've got an absolute doozy. Yeah, I'm, you know, my, my wife, Elisa George, she runs a company called CenterWorks. She's a Pilates instructor. And, you know, if you guys have been listening for, for 10 minutes, you know, I talk fast. I'm a type A personality. Uh, that doesn't make me right. My first marriage proved that, right? I mean, there's all different types of personalities. And it's really important to find someone that um, supports you and blows air under your wings, but doesn't blow smoke up your butt. Now I just made that up. I should probably write that down. That that's actually good. came out kind of good. Um, so just for the record, that was that just came out. But really, that's the way I think about it. I mean, I want I want encouragement, 
But like last night, I got home. It was a 12-hour day. I worked hard. Um, I think I had a salad. And then she got home after because her hours are a little bit different than mine. And I went and grabbed a bag of potato chips. And, you know, she looked at me and said, do you really want to eat that at 1130 at night? And I was like, no, no, I don't. So, again, I'm a critical thinker. But I needed that catalyst for her to say, do you really want to eat that? Like, do you want to <laughs> do you want to just sit there and, and veg out and watch Netflix? Or do you I mean, is that really what you want to do? And so it's important to have someone in your life that um, supports you and encourages you. But that does that's not a crutch or an excuse if you don't have that person. So I just want to be clear, you know, oh, that's why I can't be successful because I don't have that person. No, no, that's crap. You know, you know, again, work where you are with what you've got. But you're not going to attract that person into your life if you don't become the person who's worthy. It's a two-way street. There's givers and there's takers. And if you're around someone who's taking and taking and taking, that's the kind of time that you you either fix the problem or you get out of it. You know, um, Les used to tell this story, Laban. He said, there's a dog laying on a... So this is not my story, full disclosure. It's not my story. But he said... He was walking down the street and there's a guy, I'm kind of ripping through the story. There's a guy on a porch with his dog. And so he goes up to say hi to his friend. And I'm not telling this like you would a keynote, everybody. So for those of you, this is not how you tell a story. I'm just going to get to the point, right? So he sees his friend. He says, hey, how you doing? He says, great. And he says, hey, your dog's moaning. Why is it moaning? And the dog owner says, well, but he's laying on a nail. And Les says, well, why doesn't he get off the nail? It's not hurting bad enough. So there's a lot of people. So the the message, and I actually used to keep a nail on my desk. Don't complain about the nail, you know, get off of it. So if you're someone who's a perpetual victim and you're just complaining, but you haven't taken action yet, it doesn't hurt bad enough. You haven't reached the point where you've said, look, enough is enough. Um, I'm done with the codependency. I'm done with the, like, until you get to a point. And again, you've obviously done that in your life through the different things that you mentioned and shared on your show and your past episodes. If you haven't gotten to the point of pain where the pain of, you know, moving forward or the, the goal of moving forward is better than the pain that you're at, right? You got to get off the damn nail. Yeah. And that's the thing, Ford, I was in huge pain huge pain. And that was my action. And it's funny, you know, you talk about the codependence, the the book Facing Codependence by Pia Melody was the book that really set me on this path given to me by a friend of mine who's a recovering drug addict. And I'm hoping to have Melody Beatty uh, as a guest on the podcast as well, who for people who don't know, founded the word uh, codependent. Uh, oh, cool. Which, I didn't know yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. From all accounts. So um I think she's getting getting on now, but that'd be a real thrill. And and because a lot of this stuff, you know, you mentioned at the start of the the episode, this this uh, dysfunction that we experience as kids, you know, like the studies that they've done with this this huge ACEs study in North America, kids that were exposed to bomb blasts and war in like Syria, had had damage to a certain part of the brain, and not from the explosion, but from the trauma component, and then the same. Uh, like the study they did for the opposite side in the Western world for children that had been on the receiving end of sexual abuse had the same damage to the same part of the brain uh, from the response. And, and what that taught me was that you can't diminish people's experience of trauma. You know what right, I mean? So right. um, I don't know if that's helpful for anyone. I hope it is. It's, it's, it's a really extraordinary thing. And, you know, Never compare yourself to anyone else apart from the person that you were the day before, which is a great Jordan Peterson quote. Not sure if you're a fan of his work at all. Yep. 
Food. Yeah. And and so you know you, you're bringing up a couple of people that come to mind. So as you're looking for guests, um, a friend of mine, Charlie Plum, CharliePlum.com. He was a seven-year uh, POW in Vietnam, and now he tells his story of hope and how he got through that, dealing with torture and you know just unreal, unreal, but came out of it healthy, happy, successful. So so again, another guy, Chad Hymas someone who's gone through enormous uh, challenges, C-H-A-D-H-Y-M-A-S. And again, some of your listeners would know who these people are. So Charlie Plum, Chad Hymas, and then the godfather of it is W. Mitchell. And W. Mitchell, if you Google wmitchell.com. So there's three, and these are also successful people for the listeners. Go look at these guys up. They're great. And there's other women too. I just happen to throw three men just for equal opportunity there. But, um, you know, no matter what you've done, you probably haven't had as, as bad as those three guys. You know, I mean, I mean, Mitchell, Mitchell was in two car. I, I'm going to hype paraphrase here, but you know, W Mitchell was, was burned over 90% of his body. He was in two car. He was in a car crash, a motorcycle accident and crashed a plane. Like the guy has just been through, you know, Jesus. but, and what I say to people is you're not going to out Mitchell somebody like, I don't care what you've had, you know, I can talk about, oh, I grow up as a foster kid. Look, look, I got my arms, my legs, my sight. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people who are listening to this that have had it way worse than me. Yeah, I had child abuse, never sexual abuse, but certainly child abuse and and being beat up and put in the hospital by by authority people, by police, uh, by foster parents. Um, certainly when I tell my story, it's interesting because people go, oh, I can't believe you made it through it. You know, when you go through something like that, you don't know any different, like, you know, pe- people will find out you're adopted. And the first thing they say is, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I never, you know, I'm six years old or seven years old. And I started to understand what adopted meant. And everybody would always say they're sorry. And I was, I was like, but I don't know any different. It's always funny because I sit down with my employees sometime and I'll say something just totally off the cuff. And they'll say something like, well, normal people don't say that. And I said, I'm not a normal person. Like I didn't grow up with the typical home dinner, home cooked meal. The, I, I don't have any... I don't have any parents, brothers, sisters, cousins, mother. Like, I don't have any reference to what that family dynamic is, you know? So I, I'm sorry if I act a little different. Um, now, at my age now, I, I've, I've used it as a gift. Uh, but but for a long time, it was a crutch, you know? And again, I'm sure there's still a piece of my inner child that has that. But the, the real takeaway is like what you've done um, is really take your circumstances. You know, what can you do today to make a difference? Don't, you know, yeah, you know, I'm not proud of everything I've done in my life, uh, but I'm proud I went through it and and it, it made me who I am. And it's what are you going to do today? You know, there's a saying that says, you know, um, there's two sayings I'd like to share. One is, you know, what you do speaks so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Because there's a lot of people who will say, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And okay, but you say you're going to do that, but everything you are doing is in complete conflict with what you're saying, right? You've had people like that. They're the ones that give you the yes, 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 or I'm going to show up at nine o'clock or I'll meet you here. And and they're just unreliable, right? Even though, so what they're saying is one thing, but what they're doing is another. And the second saying is, you know, uh, is, is what do you do when no one's looking? So it's not what you say, but it's what you do when nobody's looking. Now, I first heard that, I don't know, I was 22 years old. And ever since that time, I don't think I've littered. 
I think there was a time where I would have thrown a can, cat, pop can out the window. I would have thrown a fast food bag. I'm just being transparent. There was a time where I would have just done that. But as you start to learn and be personal development, you realize that karma comes around and yeah, maybe no one would see you and maybe you could steal and, and you could ex- pad your expense account. And I'm talking about what people have done to me at my company, pad their expense account, come in early, clock in, you know, do things, take, be clocked in and do personal time during COVID when they're working from home. But it's not what, you know, it's not what you say. It's what you do when nobody's looking. You know, if you, if you do something that you know is wrong and you just keep letting it go, well, that's a problem because, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So it starts with your inner circle, with yourself first. And what and in order to attract those partners and those employees and those friends and those new people is you have to become the kind of person that they want to be around. Like to me, to be in the Hall of Fame, like let me get this straight, everybody. I'm in the Hall of Fame with presidents. I'm in the Hall of Fame with with military people and 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 you know Les Brown and and and, and Zig Ziglar and people who were my idols growing up. And so to think about being inducted, 279, I think, are the only people in the in in uh, in the Speaker's Hall of Fame. I kind of have to pinch myself and go because these are guys I used to read and listen to. And now they're friends of mine, like Les Brown. I used to listen to Les Brown cassette programs way before I ever knew him, way before I ever managed him, way before I had his cell phone number, way before, you know, I just literally talked to him three days ago. So, you know, and I'm not bragging you guys. I want to be clear. I'm not dropping names. I'm like, seriously, I got Les Brown on speed dial. Like, are you freaking kidding me? So, you know, and to me, if you're in, if you've done anything in motivation, if you don't know who Les Brown is, you know, you're not living on the planet. You haven't watched one YouTube (laughs) video, you know, because everybody who does motivational videos has Les Brown on his videos. Like, I don't care whether they're paying him royalties, probably they're not, uh, but they certainly use them. So yeah, it's, it's, I know I've covered a lot in a short period of time here with you, but um, you know, it's, what are you going to do about what happens to you? Well, this is brilliant, Ford, and I think maybe a great place to wrap this up because, like, you do speak very fast, but I have thoroughly enjoyed everything that you said. We've covered a really diverse range of topics, and and I know people's heads will be spinning. But apart from the information on, on your screen in front of you, where's the best place to find you and what is it that you love to do the most? I really love to add value and make a profit. They can find me by just Googling my name, Ford Sakes, S-A-E-K-S. They can find me at primeconcepts.com, P-R-I-M-E, primeconcepts.com, or profitrichresults.com. Follow me on LinkedIn. If you like the show, mark the show. This is one you should bookmark and uh, share and save and subscribe to, and then go back and listen to it again in six weeks because you know part of being a good guest and a good featured guest on a podcast is to deliver value to people at different levels. So I've given you things, if you're just frustrated and you're looking about making a change in your life, I gave you ideas on how you can do that. If you're pretty successful, but you're looking for that edge, I gave you ideas. And if you're a top producer and you're subscribing because you like to listen to things that help you be a critical thinker, I helped you too. And what I would say, you know, on behalf of me for sure, and certainly Laban is, we are responsible to you, not for you. We're giving you the ideas. We're giving you the strategies, the tactics, the ideas, the tips, to, to the methods to be able to change your life. But at the end of the day, 
you still got to drive the damn car. You know, you still got to get in and turn the key and, and, you know, I can give you a Ferrari, but you still got to find out where you want to go and how you're going to get there and drive. But it's been a pleasure, um, you know, doing this today with you. Certainly I'd be open to coming to get back a guest, but I want to hear comments from you guys. So you like this show. I want you to, to like subscribe or whatever platform he's putting on. I'll let him do the closing. Uh, but certainly, you know, I'm interested. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, connect with me. So generous, available on YouTube and every major and minor podcast platform that is self-respecting. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ford Sakes. It's Laban Ditchburn, and I really hope you're enjoying the podcast. The reason for this message was this. If you have your own podcast or your own YouTube channel, or you're seriously thinking about starting something up in order to get your message out into the world, I want to make something available to you. Go to podcastingheroes.com for your free five-day video training. Well, I will share with you five key tips and tricks that will allow you to reach out and connect with the best podcast guests available. And not only just bring them on, but to develop relationships with them that build into know, like, and trust that will eventuate in you being invited onto their platforms if you so desire. You'll be able to learn how to monetize even if you don't have a big audience. Go to podcastingheroes.com. It's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G-H-E-R-O-E-S.com.